Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country who had to dig back into the bottom of their closets for the winter gear. Welcome to Datitude, episode number 41, for a Monday, January 3rd, 2022, the first episode of the new year. Ah, the fireworks. can still smell them outside. Well, I can't smell them. Can't smell anything. That's a whole other story. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate, and bet.nola.com. All sorts of great things to talk about this morning, right? Uh, I guess this after- we're getting close to this afternoon. By the time you listen to this, it will be this afternoon. Rough start. Rough, rough getting up and getting going this Monday. I think it has something to do with my internal thermal clock. When you go from 83 degrees to 31 in the matter of less than 24 hours, it's, it's a little tough on the body. Especially an old one like mine. Creaking bones. Pains in the head. Can't do enough to stay warm. I was just wearing shorts. In fact, went to poker last night. When I woke up, it was, it was warm. And it, I'm like, you know, it's going to be chilly later. I put on a sweatshirt and shorts. By the time I walked out the door to leave, I'm like, I'm too lazy to go back in and put jeans. I just left the shorts on. By the time I got home, the thermometer said 31. Yeah, I'm an idiot. You didn't come here to listen to a chat about the weather. You came here to find out whether the Dairy Bombs took home the Finks Bowl title. And thanks for asking, boys and girls. Yes, it was a championship Sunday. Wait, what? You don't care about my fantasy team? All right, what else do you want to talk about? Maybe... It's this. You're welcome. That'll be stuck in your head all day long. You're welcome. Hey, it was the first song that popped into my head last night. So, thinking if I got to be stuck with the Bee Gees, so do you. In just about 20 minutes, Times Speaking Saints beat reporter Amy Just will be joining the show to discuss the 18-10 victory over the Carolina Panthers. A victory that keeps the Saints alive in the playoff race for that final spot in the NFC. That playoff picture is very simple now. Defeat the hated Dirty Birds on Sunday at 325 and have the Los Angeles Rams knock off the San Francisco 49ers and the season is extended for another week. Think about that. That's something that most of us thought wasn't going to happen just a month or so ago. Saints were finishing off a five-game losing streak. Kind of hard to believe, really. I mean, I know the eternal optimist 
think that, hey, yeah, they'll find a way. Uh, come on, realist. Not, not even a realist. I mean, just your everyday optimist probably, oh, this season's over. This stinks. Let's get to the dime. I open it with Sean Payton. And pardon me if I repeat myself a little bit, but it begs saying again. There have been times throughout the past decade or so, and I've been pretty vocal about this, when I, when I wondered if Sean Payton had lost some of his fire. Specifically, you know, you go back through that three-year run of 79 teams in the mid-2010s. It was easy to question whether he had almost taken winning for granted. I mean, he had got used, used to winning. I mean, it, we all took winning for granted. And you go through three mediocre, sub-mediocre years. You have a quarterback the caliber of Drew Brees and the offensive weapons the team had then. It was easy to question the direction. Three straight losing seasons. Possibly the worst defensive play over a three-year stretch as maybe any other team in NFL history. But obviously, with the help of Dennis Allen, everything has changed, and I was proven wrong. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being wrong. I mean, now it's easy. My wife tells me every day I'm wrong. You know, Peyton has shown why this organization has married itself to him and why they weren't going to ever part ways with him, for better or worse. And now we're seeing why the Bensons and Mickey Loomis knew more than the rest of us. The job that Sean Payton has done this season, it might be the best job any Saints coach has done in the history of this franchise in a single season. To shuffle a deck of cards on offense and basically play 52-card pickup all year long with four quarterbacks, a dozen or so offensive linemen, five tight ends, games without all-pro Alvin Kamara, and COVID issues, from week to week the past month. To win three out of four games, no matter the opponent, and give yourself at least a 50-50 chance to make the playoffs, heading into week 18, sheer brilliance. And eventually a blurb on his Hall of Fame resume. You know, sometimes we take things for granted. Take, for example, what you saw happen with Tampa Bay yesterday, and a disturbed, we'll put it that way, star wide receiver walk off the field in the middle of the game. That moment helped reaffirm my appreciation for what we have had here over the past 16 years. Remember when Antonio Brown was out of work and some Saints fans were begging for the team to sign him? It was never going to happen. Why? Because part of the winning culture established here and the internal trust each of those inside the organization has in one another wouldn't allow it. You either fit in or you don't. And with very few exceptions, Sean Payton has been spot on when deciding who has the privilege of wearing that black and gold uniform and who doesn't. And that long-winded that long lead-in brings me to Sunday. With one starting offensive lineman present and neither of the team's tackles, the first 20 minutes of the game had the outlook for the remainder of the season looking bleak. Kamara was running into a brick wall. Taysom Hill couldn't do more than dink and dunk on screens. And the defense was 
playing well, but allowed a less than mediocre Sam Donald to go nine for nine and a team on a five-game losing streak with nothing to play for open a 10 to three lead. Then suddenly, the offense went on a 10-play, 73-yard drive in less than two minutes just before the half, and it made you feel like it was the old days again. It not only cut the deficit to 10 to 9 at the half, but it gave this team the juice and spark they needed to go out and dominate the second half. They played just well enough on offense in the second half to keep Carolina pinned down in their own territory, you know, ball going back and forth, Saints punting from the 40. Maybe that intentional ground and call, maybe that turned out to be the best because I think the Saints are going to try a field goal there. They miss that field goal, that flips the field. So maybe the karma gods jumped in. Because when you play the way they played on offense, just enough to keep the ball on Carolina's end, they finally seized the opportunity to take the lead late in the third quarter and then basically hit the kill shot, 7.49 to go and a 12-yard touchdown screen pass from Taysom Hill to Kamara. That, my friends, although completely obscure and not easily recognized as such, was one of Peyton's finest moments. Truly. I mean, when you go on in the future and talk about Sean Payton, wherever, whenever he decides to hang it up, and you think about the best moments of his career, yesterday's not going to be mentioned. In fact, most of this season's not going to be mentioned. But it should be. Especially if this team can finish off this regular season with a victory and then get help from the Rams, who are five-and-a-half-point favorites over the 49ers, and they're in a must-win situation to clinch the NFC West in a potential two-seed, then one could argue that not only has Peyton had his best season as an NFL head coach, he should be recognized by us media types for doing so. And that is my dime. You know, it's, it's truly masterful, really. I mean, looking this morning, I'm looking around, and ESPN's computers give the Saints a 38% shot at making the playoffs. You know, I was looking through some of their numbers, and, and I'm not sure what, how, they, how there are those computers figure out the percentages. I mean, you look at the, for example, look, the Chargers, I was looking at the Chargers are 58% to get in. The Raiders are 51%, but they play each other. Whoever wins is in, whoever loses is out. I think there's like some minuscule chance the Chargers could get in if they lose. But it's, it's like super small. So the winner's in, the winner's out, the loser's out. But yet, 58 and 51 I mean, even my Shaw math and it adds up to 109. I, I know that doing the math on two five-point favorites winning straight up is more than 38%. So I, I personally, the Saints have at least a 50-50 shot to get in, and I think it's better than that. But the storyline, doesn't it just feel like Karma's going to find a way to get him in? Hence, staying alive. 
I mean, you could tell the coach has preached the message to his team all throughout the week. He'll be saying the same thing this week. They know that. They, they don't need to get extra motivated to beat Atlanta. And really, I mean, what's Atlanta playing for? We'll get to that more on Wednesday and a little bit with Amy Justin in just a minute. But I, I, I do want to play at least a piece of Sean Payton's press conference because you could, I mean, you heard it from the players, but you can hear from him that he was taking this as a playoff game. Obviously, he's supposed to and all that, but I think a lot of times coaches, especially good coaches, they don't get caught up in all that. But you could tell this means something a little bit more. Let's let's hear it. Sean, could you just uh, talk about the uh, importance of getting a win and living for another day uh, to next week? Yeah, look, um, it's our last opportunity to play at home. Um, you know, we, we always kind of talk about when we hear when we hear people say must-win games. You know, today's a must-win game. Uh, other than that. Any game prior is not. Um, that just means you, you have to win that game. And so uh, I think these guys understood it. Um, it was a good win. It was a good win to get. That's, that's a big reason right now why we're at eight wins is, is defensively. Uh, and, man, it was, a, it was a good win to get. And, and I think it was uh, outstanding. We, we, we played the way we did with the turnovers and takeaways. Um, yeah, it's it's not an ever statement, you know. It's just that's that's the way this game was unfolding. Uh, next week, you uh, have a shot to keep your season going. Uh, I know you talk all the time about just getting a chance to get in the tournament and having a having an opportunity. Is that your message to your team after the game? It, it was the message leading into this week, actually. Just you know, this is a must-win game. Um, you know, we got to find a way to get to nine and eight, and then. Uh, kind of go from there and, and it's you know you guys know how this is and week 16 there's a, a little bit of a picture week 17 it gets clear week 18 you know by tonight uh, I think we'll we'll pretty much we'll pretty much know what has to happen um, I think there's a chance our game gets can get flexed next weekend to a different time slot on Sunday we got to wait for that but ultimately we, we have to play well uh, against Atlanta and, and get a win well, we know now that that game was flexed. It would be played at 325 on Sunday. Thank goodness it wasn't Saturday. That's a whole other story. We'll get into all that with Amy Justin in just a minute. But before we do, I, I want to go back to karma. And talking about, just, just think about the things that went right for the Saints yesterday. It wasn't just their victory. I said... Last week, you have to forget about the Eagles. Catching them was a pipe dream. So they came back against the football team. It is what it is. So now you have Jimmy Garoppolo likely out with a bad thumb for the 49ers. He missed yesterday. Um, I think there's a good chance he doesn't play this week. They they may force him in there. But, I, I mean, Jimmy G with a bad thumb, Trey Lance, whatever. I mean, they didn't look all that great against the Houston Texans yesterday. Can he beat the Rams next Sunday? I don't. I don't know. I mean, the Lions makers have L.A. as a five and a half point favorite. I mean, I think the Rams, other than Matt Stafford, which is really kind of a surprise, who's not playing great. I mean, the Rams are playing pretty well right now. 
for the most part. I know, I, you know, I had them as the Super Bowl champion before the season. I think I got to drop that a little bit. But you talk about them having to win now. I mean, it, I think the Niners' chances would have been a lot better had not the Arizona Cardinals upset Dallas on the road. I mean, that's a game that Saints fans aren't really probably thinking about and talking about. You know, had Arizona lost yesterday, the Rams would have clinched the NFC West. Now they have to win to take the division and potentially grab the two seed. And, you know, I mean, if, if they, if the Rams, I mean, now they have to win. So if they don't win, they're going to have to, st- and Arizona beats Seattle, they're going to have to start the playoffs in Arizona with a potential trip to Green Bay the following week. So how big is this for the Rams? It's pretty big. So anyway, when the Saints have absolutely needed things to go their way, it seems as if they have. And I, I don't know, but I think a lot of that has to be because the head coach has put them in the right places. And I, I guess we'll see on Sunday. Let's see what Amy just has to say. Um, obviously, being close to this team as she is, I mean, she's that's, you know, eat, sleep, and drink Saints pretty much. Wake up, wash, and rinse, and repeat. She knows more about this team than than all about, but you know the people, the 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 beat writers who cover this team on a daily basis, and there are about five or six of them. That that's all they do. It's a tough job, but Amy does it well. Let's hear what she has to say about yesterday and about the playoff chances and uh, what she thinks about the job that Sean Payton has done. Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast, Tom Spickian, Saints beat reporter, Amy Just, and uh, you know, Amy, I, I think you don't know how good you have it. I mean, I, don't, I think you don't know how lucky you have, even in a bad year. I mean, and this has got to be considered a bad year compared to the last five or so. How the Saints are going into the last week of the season with a realistic chance to make the playoffs. I mean, we need to get you back here for like 2014 or something like that, 2015. I covered Kansas football. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Good. We'll let you we'll slide a little bit there. Um, you you got to say, I mean, this team has grinded its way. And I mean grinded. There were times when they could have just said, you know what? This isn't worth it. We're just going to, like, uh, ride this thing out, which is what a lot of teams would have done. And um, – you tell me what you feel, but I think Sean Payton has done some of its some of his best work this season. I think so too. I think that we all knew coming in that this was going to be a transitional year for better or worse, right? You don't have Drew. You have so many cap casualties that you otherwise probably would have kept um, to help stabilize the transition. And then obviously there's always going to be the attrition of injuries. Didn't expect four of their starting offensive linemen to go down at various points this season. Um, but sometimes that's just the way it goes. Um, you, there's no predicting what happened last week against the Dolphins with not having 20-plus players, right? That's You can't predict that to happen. But they've made it work. And it is wild to me that three of those wins have come against – some pretty dang good teams you think? in Green Bay, 
Green Bay and Tampa Bay twice. Um, and then, of course, you, you lose to the Giants. Um, totally fine. Totally well, normal thing. And we said, uh, we said back then that we really thought that the, the Giants' loss was going to come back to bite them, and it may or may not. I mean, they may slip in. Um, they need a little help from the Rams. They need to win next week. But uh, we said that either that Giants or Falcons' loss was going to come back to bite them in the butt. And here we are. If they would have won that Giants game, all they need to do is win this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Saints are never going to make it easy, are they? No. It's got to be something. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's wild to think that this team with this offense could be in the playoffs. It's, re- it's really – it's bizarre. I mean, the thing that you're used to, it's still tough to get used to the no Drew Brees, right? And and I underestimated how much this team would, would miss him going going along. I mean, we all talked about how it was clear Drew was the end of the line. He maybe should have retired a year or two before he did. Um, the things that might have happened had he, did, had he retired, who might be quarterback. But... Uh, Geez, wouldn't you love to see this defense like three years ago with with Drew, uh, you know, uh, not in his prime, but still ready to perform at a championship level? I mean, this defense is – I was talking about it with a friend yesterday, uh, texting after the game. I truly think this is the best defense of the Sean Payton era, and that includes the 2009 Super Bowl season. I, I think this is – this truly is the best defense, and they've done it with different people playing in there at different times. You talk about a guy that Pete Werner, no one's talking about him really. What an outstanding job he's done. And, and I mean, sure, you can talk about the, the stars, the DeMario Davises of the world, and, and we know how good Marcus Lattimore uh, is. I keep calling him that. Um, it's all right. They've got a lot of M names God, on it in secondary that. between Marshawn Marcus and Marshawn and Malcolm. And then of course the you know, PJ and Marcus Williams, it can get a little confusing. It's yeah. But, but I've done that about my career. I've typed it in as a matter of fact many times and had to had to erase it. Um but you just talk about the patchwork and in Quan and how great he's played. But this defense has really carried this team, obviously, and uh it just, it would have been nice to see four years ago, three, four years ago. Like I said, it's, uh, it's always something, right? But yeah, you, there's always those, you know, mental exercises that you can do. Well, what, what about this? What if this, you know, one of my favorites yeah. from the past couple of years is what if Drew does retire after the 19th season? Is Tom Brady New Orleans' quarterback? Probably. And that's wild to say. Did they win a ring last year? Crazy. Uh, unquestionably. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. You have to say yes. I mean, as far as, as what they've done. But back to Sean. I mean, what, what kind of sense do you get? I mean, is he finding this as kind of – I mean, he went into the season obviously not knowing what was going to happen. Has he kind of like taken this – do you feel like a, like a major challenge? Like, I got something to prove. I can win without Drew Brees. Um, and and prove to the world. We, I mean, we know how good a co- of a coach he is, anyway. But he's, you know, I'm known as an offensive mastermind. But he, he, if he's got something to prove, he's proven it. Yeah, I think so. I don't know about his exact mindset, but I know that he's not one to shy away from a challenge. Right? Yeah. Last week, 
with the whole COVID situation, obviously that's a frustrating situation, but like he, he thrives in those situations to try to make things work when other people would just completely discount him um, or anyone really in that situation. So he likes to challenge. Um, back when the Saints were displaced during Hurricane Ida, which feels like 10 years ago now, yeah. um, you know, all of his players were like, yeah, no, he, he likes to challenge. Like, he wants people to, you know, not believe in him and for him to prove them wrong. And I think that he's proven a lot of people wrong. You know, like, I didn't know how this season would go. I predicted, I think I projected 7-10. and 10. Um just because the way that things were going and I wasn't sold on depth. Um, I'm still not, but um, they're finding ways to make it work. And their defense is winning games in spite of the lack of depth on offense. And I think it's uh, pretty awesome to see what they've been doing defensively. I'm going to say, and this is certainly not to toot my own horn, because I predicted nine and eight. But if you would have told me when I predicted nine and eight, there would be a five game losing streak in there and they would have four different quarterbacks and 57 different starting players throughout the season. I would certainly not have predicted. I would have had to change, adjust my number. I certainly wouldn't have said nine and eight. So um, just the fact that they're still here uh, and now again, going into Atlanta, I mean, what kind of sense did you get from the locker room? Was it, what is a, was it? And I, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what the COVID situation is yesterday, but the sense that from the players, was it a celebratory thing um, or was it, Hey, we're still business-like and we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, It depends on who you talk to. Um, CJ is ready just to (laughs) play Atlanta tomorrow. Um, He is. (laughs) Soccer. He's ready to play Atlanta. He wants to play Atlanta tomorrow. He doesn't want to think about the playoffs yet. Um, But then you talk to Taysom Hill, and he's like, yeah, we were challenged to treat this like a playoff game. And, you know, that's what it had to be. Yesterday was a must win. You know, we didn't know that for sure going in, but it ended up being one. If they would have lost, they would have been out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, a wild time. To be yeah. a New Orleans fan, you know, it, it, you, <laughs> it, you, you talk about Taysom, Amy, and um, it, it, all the grief that he's kind of gathered from some fans out there. And he played, I thought, almost as well as he could play. I mean, he only threw really one pass that was that was bad. I'm not sure if it was a bad route or what. Well, he threw two. He threw one that was that was almost picked, and one where. I'm not sure if Alvin was going the wrong way or he threw it in, in a bad spot or whatever. And one that was, that was nearly picked off close to the goal line. But other yeah. than those two passes, I thought he, he played as well as he could play. And he has done the Sean, he has performed the Sean Payton game plan to a T. Basically, we're not going to do anything that's super risky. We'll throw a couple of deep passes here and there, but we're going to let our defense win the game. And you're just going to go out there and, get us just enough points to win. Yeah. That was one of his better games this season. Um, Statistically and just from an eyeball standpoint. Um, Obviously that sentence could be different if he doesn't orchestrate that two minute drive before halftime. Um, I think he did a pretty decent job with that. Um, This point ended up being crucial there um, with Brett Maher uh, 
being basically all of the Saints scoring up until, you know, like the fourth quarter yesterday for the past three weeks. Um, but hey, if that's what you need to win, okay. Yeah. You know, this, we never said this team was going to be fun to watch. That was never said. That was never said. Um, it was never promised to anyone. No. Um, and sometimes it's been royally painful to watch. But yesterday, yesterday, Taysom did enough. And uh, Quez, uh, Callaway, he played, he's played very well the last couple of weeks as well, outside of, you know, a couple plays here and there. Amy Jussie here on the Datitude podcast on a Monday morning um, on a very cold and frigid New Orleans Monday morning. Um, we're all having, I think, a little 39 time. degrees. Uh, oh, it's, ins- it's insane. I mean, I woke up and it was, it was 31 degrees up here. Um, no, no. Talk about I No. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I'm with you because I'm not, I, when we went, we talked about it before we went on the air, we went from 80 degrees to, to 30 degrees in, even, uh, you know, when the older you are, Amy, you, you talk, I know you have um, some migraine issues. I, when the older you get, you, the bones start to creak. Okay. Oh, I've had, I've had two surgeries. So um, I feel those um, when weather is coming. I've got a rain knee. Um, Your rain like knee? Told, yeah. Like I told Luke Johnson yesterday i'm like man if i lived in like the 1600s i would have been burned at the stake as a witch (laughs) (laughs) uh she wouldn't have worked in salem ladies and gentlemen um talk about this this offensive line and the patchwork and boy do i mean patchwork offensive line you know eric mccoy sean makes the decision i I believe that he had passed COVID protocol but um it it was time you know it was it was a decision that last minute decision to 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 leave him out. So that's not exactly quite right. So for games that are on Sundays, Mm -hmm. if you want to play, you have to be activated off the COVID list the day before. Okay. Even if you don't pass yet. So the hope is you pass your test on Sunday. You can test out and then you can play because you're not on the COVID list anymore. Um, but it's a little bit of a gamble um, because if they don't test out, you don't get a COVID replacement for them. So, you know, they did the same with Marcus Williams, um, activated them in hopes that they would test out on Sunday and could play. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, I texted Eric, he's feeling a little better. Um, um, he, Feeling way better after the Saints won, of course. Um, but, but he is um, still he is still feeling symptoms from it. He he what he's never sick ever. Um, he had some minor symptoms, is what he told me, um, and that's consistent with you know, every player that we've talked to in interviews the last couple of weeks who's had COVID. I asked them, you know, how they were feeling, and all of them in the past week that we've talked to have had at least minor symptoms. So this is not a Oh, well, they're asymptomatic and blah, blah, blah. No, all of them as of late that we've talked to anyway have had at least minor symptoms. So that's why they went and got tested in the first place and ended up getting tested, ended up testing positive. And we know that, that Sean actually, when he had it, and this is the second time that he's had COVID, um, when he had it, his, his symptoms obviously lasted longer than, than some of the players. I mean, he, he was kind of sick for over a week, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and everybody's going to be different, right? You know, way back when Cam tested positive, he didn't have any symptoms and neither did Mark Ingram. So I don't know what happened, but yeah, Trevor Simeon had symptoms, Taysom had symptoms, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, Demario David, like all of the ones that we have spoken to with the last, who missed the last game had some minor symptoms. So, um, but thankfully most of them are out of the woods. Um, I'm worried a little bit about Ryan Ramchek because as of this morning, he's still on the COVID list. Um, now that's not to say that he could have played yesterday or two right. weeks ago with his, with his knee injury, but yeah, that's the longest anybody's been on the COVID list um, for the saints anyway, this season is that's two full games for him. Um, uh, but this patchwork offensive line, though, it, look, yeah. they, 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 they didn't play. They, they had a tough time with that Carolina defensive front. But still, overall, they did a better job than the regular Carolina offensive line, which was just dominated by, I, don't, I mean, Cam Jordan looks like he's 26 again or something. I don't know, what's, I don't know what fountain of youth he drank from, but um, he was, he's been outstanding this year, and especially in the latter half of the season. I mean, three and a half sacks yesterday out of, of the, out of the seven sacks. He looks like he's got something to prove. Yeah, he won't ever tell you that. But, um, yeah, something has been clicking. He's had at least two sacks in the last three games, um, which is he's the first player to have three straight games of multiple sacks since. He himself did it in 2018. Yeah. So um, he's – playing lights out and it wasn't too terribly long ago when you know my mentions on twitter were full of is cam washed is cam washed and i'm like no 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 well, well maybe he saw those and then they, they they fired him up i don't know what it is maybe, but he, he definitely has some fire some juice in there he says his success comes with david onyamata being back and marcus Davenport being healthy and i think there's a little something to that but, but I also know Cam. He's one of the most competitive people I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, he likes to prove people wrong, too, even though he won't admit it. So, Well, you know, when you have a dad that you grew up with and it's been in him his entire life, I mean, his yeah. dad being, being an all-pro tight end, I mean, I'm sure it's an eight, you know, and the, the competitiveness and, and the juice is flowing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the, the, the going forward and uh, this team – what is going to be, what do you think is going to be different, if anything, um, going forward into an Atlanta against an Atlanta team that, that frankly, I know it went to overtime, but the, for the first three quarters or so that, of that football game against Atlanta, I mean, the Falcons kind of handed it to them. What are they going to do different this time? Well, first of all, the Saints offense is very different now. Um, it just, it is, you know, any game you look at from the first part of the season compared to now, it's hard to compare them just because the, the pieces are completely different where it's there. It's two different, completely different offenses. Um, but yeah, they've, they've got to rely on their defense again. I think that, I think that's how they get this done. Um, and we all know Cam loves to sack Matt Ryan. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think the motive will be lost there because um, who knows and I, I know Cam is probably thinking this 
is he going to have another opportunity to sack Matt Ryan? I don't know. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. So he definitely wants to get those numbers up, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, no, wait, think- no, wait. Are you are you saying that? Uh, he's old, and who knows if he's going to be back in Atlanta next year. Okay, so you're talking about Matt Ryan. You're not talking about yeah, Cam Yeah, I'm not talking about Cam. I'm like, he's Matt still Ryan. a fairly young man. I mean, I, I think he's got a good three or four good years left in him. So uh, oh, you're thinking I Matt don't. Ryan might be gone. I don't know. I don't know. He he's getting close to being done. Well, if you were Matt Ryan, I'm not sure why you would want to continue on with that team because uh, I think maybe they'll get better soon. But I mean, I don't think they're a championship team anytime in the in the near future. And he, I don't know. Like, right. is he a free agent this off season? No, but they do have an outness contract. So, yeah. well, I I could... we'll see. But he's. So, Maybe Matt Ryan will be a maybe he'll be a saint. I don't. I wouldn't go that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, uh, but going forward, you, you, you. I guess you got to use the same game plan. You, you, not just the, the the defense, the the defensive front and the pressure that they were able to put on Matt Ryan. But one thing the Saints weren't able to do the last time they played is, I mean, they just got shut down from the first. First two and a half quarters or so. Now, Simeon was able to get get moving the last quarter and a half, but it, it, they just couldn't do anything. You know, it's kind of been kind of almost like yesterday, really. The Saints couldn't get anything going the first quarter and a half. Finally, they put that drive together. I thought, like you said, before the, before the half, that was a huge drive. It gave them a ton of momentum going into the locker room. But what can the Saints do against Atlanta to get started a little bit faster? Because I don't think you're going to hold this team to 10 points. I just don't. No, I don't think so either. Um, honestly, I don't know. We've been talking about it all season. The Saints have scored on their opening drive twice all season. That's insane. And one of those was yesterday. Yeah, that's insane. And um, so, both field goals. Yeah, they have not scored a touchdown on their opening drive yet this season. So I don't know what they can do um, to start faster. Um, just because that is not a theme that we have seen at all this season, but I mean, they, they've got, they've got to figure it out. Um, cause if this game turns into a shootout, they're not winning a shootout. No, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, it, look, ESPN puts their chance of making the playoffs 38%. I, I think that's extremely low. Um, cause if you look, they're a five, five point favorite over Atlanta. Um, and the Rams are a five and a half point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers. Um, to me, that that I'm not a mathematician, but that says it's better than 38% uh, for the Saints to win and for the Rams to win. Um, this team makes it in the playoffs. It's come to me, and you tell me if if it's if you feel any differently. It's complete lanyard. I mean, you talk about just a few weeks ago a five game losing streak. You're not thinking playoffs. You're thinking, who? How can we get to the finish line without somebody getting severely injured or something along those lines? What does? What is this team going to look like next year? Now we're not really thinking about next year. We're thinking about Sunday and the Atlanta Falcons. And if this team makes the playoffs, man, to me that's a huge, hugely successful season. Who cares what they do in the divisional round against the Rams or the Bucks? Wild card, but yes. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, 
The Rams scare me. Aaron Donald scares me. <laughs> but the Bucs don't scare you? I mean, they beat them twice. They no. beat Green Bay. I know. I, I know. I know. I know. But wouldn't you just uh, think, though, just to, just to be able to Donald get against would, this patchwork offensive line? I'm yeah, sorry. It scares me. Von Miller. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, you, but just but getting yeah, there. I, just getting there is a win. Just knowing that every, just knowing that going into this season, it was going to be a rough year offensively, and then it ends up being a rougher year offensively because who could have predicted that the Saints would have started four different quarterbacks? Obviously, one of them, the situation itself. Right. But yeah, I think it's a win that they're even in the conversation at all right now. Um, You know, they lost five games in a row, and some of those were. Ugly, ugly losses. Um, but you know, on the same or on the other side of it, you know, they beat the Bucks twice. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Packers. Yeah, <laughs> scared to think they beat Ashley. All right, before I let you go, I want to get your prediction. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Um, are we going to be talking next Monday about about uh, the Saints having going into the playoffs, or are we going to be starting wrap up? I th- I think they're going to I think they're going to make it. I just I'm not so worried about the Rams handling their side of it. I'm worried that Atlanta has something drawn up that they're not prepared for. But but we'll see. I but I agree with you in that I think the odds are better than 38%. I I do have a, a journalism degree, so I'm not much of a math person, but I feel like the numbers the numbers are better um, than that, especially because like you expect the Rams to win. Yeah, well, I mean they have something with- to play for. I, I said in my I said in my open, Amy, that I think what what Saints fans aren't thinking about as far as things that needed to happen yesterday. I mean, I said before the week, forget about Philadelphia. They're gonna, they're gonna the Saints weren't gonna past Philadelphia anyway. So it, it really came down to San Francisco. And when you think about what happened yesterday in the NFL, to me, one of the biggest deals that no one's talking about is Arizona beating Dallas. Because if Arizona doesn't beat Dallas, the Rams clinched the NFC West. And do they really care whether they're two or three? Maybe. But probably they're certainly not going to give their best effort. Now they have to go into Sunday, and they have to win. If they don't win... They go from being the two seed to the five seed and going on the road back to Arizona. So, I mean, they certainly have a lot to play for this weekend. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's uh, this next weekend is going to be interesting. The, the thing that I am happiest about is that the game is still on Sunday and it didn't get flexed to Saturday. Yeah, you, you and me both because, um, I look, I'm in a Demian in our coronation ball Saturday night, and um, I was thinking – Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm gonna have to choose, uh, and um, I didn't want to have to choose, and I was worried. I was still going back and forth with Zach Ewing, and he's like, "I bet you they flex this game on Saturday night." And I'm, please, God, no, you know. But no. So I, no, I no, think no, we no. lucked out. I think we did too. Um, I think Saturday at 3:25 or whatever it was. Um, I think that's a good time. I think it's a great time. I agree. It's certainly better than. Than Saturday at whatever time. Um, like Amy, 
Amy, I hope we ha- we are able to have you back on here soon and are still talking about the Saints uh, playing football because I tell you what, it makes things um, a lot more fun. And I know, look, go ahead and bust the myth that reporters, you're, you're not hoping, you know, reporters want to keep covering this team going along. It'd be, it's, a, it's a fun ride for you guys too. I don't root for teams. I root for myself. I root for whatever is best for me. Um, it's true. It is true. At least you're being honest there. Whatever is best for me. Um, and the Saints playing more football games is what's best for me. Um, I hate locker room clean-out day. It is, it's inevitable. It, every team has to do it. Even the teams that win the Super Bowl have to do you know, locker room clean out. I just, it's, it's no fun. You cover, covering the games is fun. Interacting with the players is fun. You know, thinking about free agency and who's not going to be here anymore. And, oh, well, some of the guys you get along with best may not be here. Like, I hate thinking about that. Obviously it comes for everyone, but like, I'd rather push that off for a little bit. Just being selfish. Well, I hope we, I hope you can, because, uh, you know, as crazy and at times just excruciatingly painful as this team has been to watch, um, I, I, I don't. I'm not ready for the story to end because I think it's. I think it's. Uh, it's been fun, and I want to see what uh, what what magic trick Sean Payton can pull out of that. So we just we need to win this week and see what happens in San Francisco, and then we'll go from there. Or actually, in, in L.A. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, eh, same thing. Same state. Yeah. It's fine. Same state. <laughs> same. Same. Same tax rate. All right. Yeah. Amy Just, thank you very much for joining the Data Two Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. We thank Amy for coming on. Um, again, I mean, those beat writers, <laughs> they don't get a lot of sleep, especially from August, or actually before that, from July to whenever the season's over. They don't get a lot of sleep. They really don't. And then, you get a couple weeks off and you start getting ready for the draft and it, it's all over again. It's not, it's not a job. A lot of people, they can't do it for, for a long period of time. Imagine baseball. Baseball is, and basketball. Baseball especially. 162 games. I'm going to have Derek Gould on. He's a beat reporter, St. Louis Cardinals. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We're going to have him on in the, before uh, it gets to spring training. At some point, got to have him on, um, just to talk about what a beat reporter does. And you know, in football, even though you only play seventeen games and potentially what twenty or twenty-one, not counting the preseason. I mean, it's it's a lot more than games. At least in baseball, you're talking about games every day. I mean, football there's all kinds of stuff going on, but. Anyway, Amy does a great job. We're happy to have her on. And I know we'll have have her on again pretty soon. Uh, I'm not sure our guest is going to be Wednesday, but um, we'll figure that out tomorrow. Before we wrap it up, I know I've sort of glossed over the LSU and the Pelicans. I apologize for that. We will certainly talk about them more in the near future. Uh, LSU, the second um, national signing day is coming up first week of February, the first Wednesday in February. Um, we'll see who else they can get. They take on the Kansas State Wildcats in the Texas Bowl tomorrow night. Who's going to play quarterback? Not even sure at the moment. Ton of opt-outs, transfer portals, 
whatever else, I have no idea what to expect from LSU tomorrow night. I really don't. I I think K-State is, uh, they've gone from a three-and-a-half-point dog to it's a three-and-a-half or four-point favorite um, as LSU has more players leave. Um, I just don't. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think the Tigers are going to have a whole ton of great things going on. But, you know, it. K-State isn't that great either, so who knows. So that's how the bowl season will wrap up. And then, obviously, the national championship game next week, Alabama and Georgia. What Those two teams, what they were able to do uh, on, what was that, Friday night? I'm getting my days mixed up. Um, yeah, Friday night. Incredible. I mean, dominating performances. So will we have a repeat of the last time they played, or will Georgia find a way? We're going to talk more about that. Uh, certainly, we'll talk more about that later in the week with, uh, with not Conductor Dave. He'll be talking about pro football, but uh, with Uncle Big Nick. That'll be coming on Friday. So we will talk about the uh, college football championship game uh, and whatever else comes into our picks. And remember, you can go back and check out all of our college bowl picks uh, that we've done on bet.nola.com. We've done very well. Uh, tomorrow morning I will have an update on where we stand going into the final bowl game. As far as the Pels, they overall, they've been playing better. But, uh, you know, they missed Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valanciunas last week. Uh, they have a brutal stretch of schedule this week. We'll see what happens with them. But, you know, it's for now, it's the Saints. It's all about Saints, whether they can finish this thing off at 9-8 and eight and make a near miracle run of the postseason. Again, we're going to talk more about that on Wednesday. I have an idea of, of who my guest is going to be. I just need to confirm it with him to see if uh, he's available. We'll get back to you again on that um, either tomorrow or uh, Wednesday morning. Back to our reg- regular schedule now, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday until the Saints are done. Then we'll worry about what our schedule is going to be uh, after they're done. After they're done. Right? We hope that's not next week or maybe not the week after. We'll see. That's going to do it for episode number 41. I do want to thank Amy Just. It's nice to be back to normal. Kids are back in school. I have a quiet, quote-unquote, office. Mother-in-law has left the building. We love when family comes and spends time with us, but don't get me wrong. It is nice to have a quiet house. I'm not going to lie. A reminder, you can email... Me at jderry at theadvocate.com. If you want to get in touch, if you want a question, comment for the show, reach me on Twitter at, J, at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. You can listen to this podcast in a multitude of places. You know that already. Uh, make sure you subscribe and find out when the next show is coming. Just search for Datitude. Also, don't forget to watch our multitude of shows on bet.nola.com. Odds and ends uh, coming up later today with... Zach Ewing, Devin Jackson, and myself. Fantasy Roundup on Tuesdays. And at the book on Thursdays, featuring Cashing In with Carville. I'm not sure how much longer uh, Mr. Carville is going to be around uh, with us here. Noah, as the season is wrapping up, I think we got at least one more week with him. Again, that's your, I guess, will be on Wednesday. It should be an interesting show for sure. We will see you then. Bundle up. Stay warm. 48 degrees for a high today. No thank you. Peace and love, my friends.